Welcome to the Pull Up In Here podcast hosted by Jacob Graybill III. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the final game of the 2020 season, and we're going to be looking at uh, everything that's going to happen after the Super Bowl, offseason predictions, and who my early predictions for next year's uh, hot teams will be. Thank you for listening. To start off, the uh, this season has been amazing. So even with COVID going on, nobody expected you know sports to happen in the first place. Then the NBA had the bubble, and it was good, but it wasn't great. And then the NFL said that they were going to have the season, even though there weren't fans in person for a lot of the games. There was still a lot of action that happened, and I enjoyed every uh, every week this season. It's been fun to watch. One of the most disappointing weeks of the season so far has been this uh, has been the Super Bowl. It was really boring to watch. It was not really a close game ever, except for the first quarter. Uh, Tom Brady showed why why he is the goat, and this week was especially horrible for anyone that was a Chiefs fan or still claims that Peyton Manning or Joe Montana is the GOAT because they clearly aren't. Nobody can touch Tom Brady right now. And Patrick Mahomes is the person that everybody thought was going to pass up Tom Brady, and he still could. That can't happen. He's young. He still has a long career ahead of him. But now he has one Super Bowl. So he has to get six more in his career. But if he won last night, he would have only needed five more to pass Tom Brady. So and one Super Bowl clearly is a big deal. Like it he might not even win again. Who knows? The Chiefs might, you know, enter the never win again category. But to just like get into it and look at it, this game, the MVP of the game, not Tom Brady, not Playoff Lenny, not Rob Gronkowski. It was the Tampa Bay defense. Tampa Bay defense played really good. They allowed for you know 350 yards, which was more than Tampa Bay offense had. But when you look at the big plays, they had two interceptions that were big, especially on Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to win when you throw two interceptions, especially as the best quarterback in the league one of the best quarterbacks in the league and this game was not Patrick Mahomes' fault at all he went 26 for 49 270 yards and two interceptions but Travis Kelsey had at least three noticeable drops and and I don't even know how many drops the uh whole team had but there was one of the craziest throws I've ever seen where Patrick Mahomes was uh, parallel with the ground and he throws it like 34 yards into the end zone and it touches the receiver's hands. That was insane. If that would have happened, that would have been one of the greatest throws, if not the greatest throw in Super Bowl history. And I just, it's unbelievable how good Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, Rushing yards wise, I didn't think this was going to be a running game. I didn't think a lot of people were going to run the ball a lot. But Leonard Fournette, he had 89 yards and a touchdown. He had a big touchdown. Uh, He had a 27-yard touchdown in the third quarter, which kind of, like, sealed the deal because when it's 9-21, you know, like, you can come back 9-21 pretty easily. There's still 12 minutes left in the third quarter. And they drive down six plays, 74 yards, and they get a 27-yard touchdown. And that really sold me, and I was like, game's over. Like, there was no scoring in the fourth quarter. It's super boring. And I was just sitting there because, of course, you know, I was like, Tampa Bay, they're good. They're not great. The Chiefs, when they want to be, they are amazing. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched live. And I was like, I think the Chiefs are going to win. So I bet the Chiefs, and I was completely wrong. I also bet the over, and I was also completely wrong on because 21-6, to the over is 52. I was on pace, you know, to hit the over. And then no scoring in the fourth quarter, only 10 points, uh, 13 points in the th- whole second half. 
I was very disappointed. And uh, it was just, like, I keep saying this, it was just not that great of Super Bowl. The other Super Bowls that weren't great, you know, off the top of my head, uh, the Panthers and Broncos, whenever Cam Newton just, like, gave up, that was really boring. Uh, and the Rams and Patriots, that was awful. It was like, what, 17-3 to 3 or something like that in the Super Bowl. It was terrible. Everybody expected this game to be high scoring, but then at the same time, you know, it's never that high scoring. There was also the first touchdown in uh, Tom Brady's Super Bowl career in the first quarter, and of course it had to be to Rob Gronkowski, which actually led the team in receiving. And he played really good. Two touchdowns, 67 yards. So the Chiefs, like, box score, Patrick Mahomes probably had the worst box score. Um, Tyreek Hill had seven catches, 73 yards. And then uh, Travis Kelsey had 10 catches, 133 yards. That is a really good, like, when you look at Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski had six catches, 67 yards. And then their next uh, best receiver was Leonard Fournette with four catches and 46 yards out of the backfield. Mike Evans only had one catch for 31 yards. Antonio Brown had five catches, 22 yards. And then Chris Godwin had two catches, nine yards. Like, all these heavy hitters for Tampa Bay just did not get it done, really, when you look at the stats, but they got it done on the plays that mattered. They uh, they held the possession the longest. They had, they had 32 minutes of possession when uh, the Kansas City uh, Chiefs only had 28 and a half minutes. Uh, they had more first downs. They had zero turnovers. So, like, when you look at the t- how the team played, they outplayed the Chiefs. They didn't outplay the receiving game. You know, they had 69, <laughs> 69 less catch, uh, receiving yards than the Chiefs. But then they had more running yards, which I think really helped them out because rushing is something that the Chiefs struggled on this game. Their only big runs were uh, draw plays, which they barely ever did. And looking at like the game plan, like how did this happen? One of the biggest things that changed the whole game was right before halftime, it was 6-14. to 14. It was still, you know, easily a you know, attainable game. And then with 54 seconds left, the Chiefs, it's third and two, and the Chiefs decide to call a timeout. Why call a timeout when you have the greatest quarterback of all time going against you, one of the greatest clutch quarterbacks under two minutes, and one of the most high-powered offenses in the league in the Super Bowl, you don't have the momentum to stop them. You call a timeout. They get the first down. And then they go and drive it down and score a touchdown. Without that timeout, they probably would have ran out the clock and went into halftime 14-6. to 14-6 to going into halftime is such a big difference in 21-6 to in the mind state and in, like, the statistical. Like, being down by... 15 and being down by 8 is a big difference, especially in football, because 8 is a one-possession game. 15 is a two-possession game. And that, you know, you might not get two touchdowns. Clearly, they didn't even get a touchdown at all. But two touchdowns is harder to come by than one touchdown and a field goal or one touchdown, two-point conversion. They should have let the half go out. They should have just took their losses 6-14 to into halftime and worked on it. But calling that timeout, I guarantee ruined the locker room in the second half. Allowing them to score with six seconds left absolutely ruined the locker room. I never expected, like, Bruce Arians is a great coach, 
But Andy Reid is also a great coach, so I expected this to be an amazing, like, coach game, you know, almost flawless, which you can't really blame, like, penalties and everything on the coaching. You can't blame penalties at all on the coaching. It's not their fault. But that, like, there were so many penalties. Like, not really Tampa Bay particularly, Tampa Bay, they did pretty good with penalties. They only had four for 39. But when you look at the Chiefs and they have 11 penalties, 120 yards, how are you, like, supposed to win that game? Like, that's absurd. 120 yards is a field. Like, it's a football length of a field plus 20 yards. Like, they basically gave away a touchdown with these penalties. And I just, I've never seen, like, a so so disciplined team during the regular season be so undisciplined. And if you look at the Buccaneers side, you can take 15 of the penalties and one of them off because with a minute and a half left or whatever, the Buccaneers' uh, safety Winthrop or Winfield something, did the Tyreek Hill peace sign to Tyreek Hill's face while he was uh, on a knee getting up off the ground, which I'm never one for, like, sports unsportsmanlike conduct, but, like, during the regular season, Tyreek Hill did that to him running in the end zone, so I'm all for it. I, I would have done that too, you know. He beat you the first time, but you got him back in the, regular, in the game that mattered. And that's kind of what Tom Brady is, like, known for. Like, you win the big games. Like, he's 7-3 and three in the Super Bowl. And being 7-3 and three in the regular season is a great, like, 10-game stretch. It's amazing. Going 7-3 and three in the Super Bowl is absurd. He's won more Super Bowls than 18 teams combined. He has more Super Bowls than any team in the NFL. And he's just one player. One player has more Super Bowl wins than the Steelers, than the Cowboys, than the Patriots, than the Buccaneers. Like, he is by far, I can't get over the fact, like, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. 10. There's only been 55. Like, he's been to, uh... He's been to 18% of the Super Bowls in the history of the Super Bowl era. That's crazy. I I like I used to hate on Tom Brady and I still like I like him now a lot more, but I still don't really like the way he plays. Like it's kind of like boring and not that fun to watch. But when you look at like his stats and everything there is no denying that he is not the greatest quarterback of all time. And his story, he, you know, drafted in the year 2000, pick round six, pick 199 out of Michigan. He, his career stats, this is insane. So, his career stats is. 6,778 completions, 10,598 attempts, 64% completion rate. 64% completion. That's crazy. 79,204 yards. Averages 7.5 yards a throw. 581 touchdowns for 191 interceptions. So when you look at that, it is, um, he throws three touchdowns for every interception. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that can't say that. And uh, his career passing rating is a 97.3. That's like, it's impressive when somebody gets a 90-something, like, a uh, 105 rating for a season, but to get right below 100 in your whole 21-year career is it's mind-boggling. Like, nobody would have ever expected this. 
And a lot of people are like, it what it this year shows that it wasn't uh, Bill Belichick, it was Tom Brady. But I don't think it does. I think this also, I think this shows that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he can go anywhere and win. But I think um, this brings up a good part to like talk about Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick, he hasn't lost all of his credit. Of course, he has five Super Bowl rings. But like a lot of people are hating on Bill Belichick and thinking that he's not part of the system that wins. He was just he got lucky drafting Tom Brady. He saw like he drafted Tom Brady. I think that's all like he drafted Tom Brady. He built around a he built a team around Tom Brady to maximize Tom Brady's efforts. And then when he went to Tampa Bay he didn't have the perfect system, and that's why the beginning of the season didn't start off so hot. And then it worked out, and he worked around it, and he ended up having a top, top I would say top five, top ten season this year. And then Bill Belichick, when you play with a quarterback for, he didn't start his first year or two, I don't think. Or his first year, so when let's just say, eighteen seasons because he also got hurt in two thousand eight, I think. But let's just say seventeen, eighteen seasons. When you build a team around one player and then he leaves, and then like your main receiver Julian Edelman gets hurt, and then you don't have all these weapons. A couple of people retire. A couple of linemen leave. A couple of defensive players leave then you really don't have that much from the system that you built. And then you bring in Cam Newton, which is about as polarizing opposite of Tom Brady as you could find. And then you just throw him in there and you're like, all right, let's just hope this works this year. And it don't work. I don't think that's as much Bill Belichick's fault as the situation he was in was just so bad. Like, Bruce Arians, like we saw, like, Whenever you don't have the perfect quarterback for the perfect system, you're not going to play that good. If Bruce Arians was in uh, New England right now, he would have had just as worse, if not an even worse season than uh, as Bill Belichick. So you can't really blame Bill Belichick for this season. Now I think if you give him like next year and the next, and he go misses all three years after Tom Brady of the playoffs, doesn't go one time. Then you can say, yeah, you know, maybe Bill Belichick got lucky with Tom Brady and he's not that good of a coach. But until then, like next year, I'm I'm banking that the Patriots will make the playoffs next year. It probably won't be as division, you know, division leaders, but I guarantee they go to the playoffs as like a wild card or something. I might be terribly wrong on that one, but I do feel like I feel like they'll go to the playoffs. So now that we're done really like focusing on the Super Bowl, I want to talk about something that happened during the Super Bowl. And it was the halftime show. So a lot of the older generation talks about like, you know, I actually tweeted the, uh, yesterday and I was like, this halftime show was amazing. And then one of my friend's dad's, Text a tweet in like you've not seen enough halftime shows to realize that halftime shows sucked, and I get what he's saying, but then you gotta also think on our end we haven't seen them, so you can't hold those against us. So I'm just going like, based off the past ten years, so from 2011 to this year, you have, like listen, you got the Black Eyed Peas. They lip-synced, and they cussed, and they did a lot of things that were bad. Usher and Slash were in it. They weren't that big of a deal. Like, they didn't do a lot. OMG was cool in that. And then you got, in 2012, Madonna. That was okay, but she also had 40 helpers. LMFAO, uh, Nicki Minaj, MIA, CeeLo Green, Andy Lewis... Uh, drum lines, drum line, drum line, all these like dancing, like, and all these like, the, all this help, and it wasn't good. I didn't like, like, I don't, 
nothing stood out to that. Beyonce's was amazing. Beyonce and Destiny Child. That was really good. Uh, that's one that I remember. And then you have uh, 2014, Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was good. Uh, I liked it, but I also like Bruno Mars. Katy Perry, uh, not that good. It wasn't that good. That was the one with the Sharks. It was one of the more memorable ones, but it wasn't like a great music, musicality-wise song. Uh, play, like, track or whatever. And then... Super Bowl 50, 2016, Coldplay. A lot of people hated on this one. I liked it. Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson. Like, they had a lot of help, but they were also good songs. Like, Uptown Funk was one of the biggest songs ever in that year. And they played that. Yellow, Viva La Vida, Paradise. Like, these songs were crazy. Crazy in Love slash Uptown Funk. Beyonce and Bruno Mars, which is just amazing. And then in 2017, you have Lady Gaga. I didn't really like this one. I don't like Lady Gaga. And then 2018, Justin Timberlake. This was pretty good. I like this one. He did good in this one. And then 2019, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy. I didn't really like this one that much. I don't know. I, li I like, you know... Big Boy, Travis Scott, Maroon 5, I liked them, but I didn't like the set, and I didn't like, nothing like stood out to me. And then 2020, Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, Bad Bunny, J Balvin. Shakira, Jennifer Lopez are stunning, but I didn't really, you know, when Bad Bunny and J Balvin were on, I didn't like even understand half the stuff they were singing. Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, they did their thing, but it wasn't anything like insanely special. And then you look at The weekend this year. All of the songs he played, amazing. All of the songs he played, at least most of the people knew him, like anybody that listened. Like, I like Shakira and J-Lo, but I didn't know half the songs they performed. And then I liked The weekend a lot. I knew every song he performed, and they were all amazing. And he spent seven million of his own do dollars. He didn't have any uh, special guest. He did it all solo. The only other person to do that in these ten years was Lady Gaga. And uh, then in 2010, The Who did it. So, like these songs were amazing. The way he sung them were amazing. A lot of people were clown him for the like basically the POV of his, the camera being right in his face and yeah that was a little weird like I didn't really like that part but it was still like it wasn't like it was bad like it was cool people make fun of like the like the jockstrap mask that he had that his dancers wore but that was a callback to his album where he had like plastic surgery or whatever reconstructive surgery and it was like the like wrapping on face. It did look a little weird, but it was basically like a mask, and then like the head wrapping. It looked like a, it did look like a jockstrap. I won't lie about that. The fireworks were cool. Uh, he was a little quiet, but then it fixed on its own. All you have to do is uh, grab a thing called a remote, turn it up a little bit, and it works out pretty well. But, so, I would rank this as top three in the past ten years. Now, like, of course, you know, you got Prince, and then, um, uh, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Did, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, um, I don't even know, like, I know Prince and Michael Jackson are, like, the best ever, whatever, but, like, Michael Jackson was eight years before I was born. So I never got to listen to that live. So I can't say that for me it was the best. I would say Beyonce and Destiny's Child, Bruno Mars, and then um, The Weeknd were probably the three, my three favorite halftime shows in the past ten Super Bowls. And that's just, you know, my preference. Now, I'm going to... Uh, look at the 32 teams in the NFL and just 
really see how I think they're going to do next season and if they're going to do better or worse than they did this year. Starting off, we're going to look at the AFC East. We got Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to do just as good as they did this year. I think they will be back in the AFC Championship. If not the AFC Championship, they will at least make it decently far in the playoffs. I think they'll have a 12-win season, anywhere from 12 to better this year. Uh, I hope at least I'm a big Buffalo fan, big Josh Allen guy. I think Josh Allen is going to be a top-two quarterback in the next five years when like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and all them hopefully retire. And then next, Miami Dolphins. I think Miami should have gotten the playoffs this year. Uh, they kind of, you know, they were a 10-win team that didn't make the playoffs, which is crazy. That's how good the AFC was this year. I think I don't think they'll do that good this year. Again, uh, they could, but I would say they win anywhere from eight to ten again. Probably miss the playoffs. And then next, you have the New England Patriots. Depending on their quarterback situation, I think that depends a lot on uh, this offseason. Nobody knows who they're going to get right now. I guarantee it is not Cam Newton. <laughs> so, depending on who they get, a lot of people say that the Patriots want Deshaun Watson, but the Texans are being weird. Deshaun asked for a trade. They said they're not trading him, so it'll probably end up being he just doesn't play this year, sadly, until his contract's up. So that is a big factor on how the Patriots do. I said that I think they'll make the playoffs, but now looking at it, you know, the Dolphins had 10 wins last year, didn't make it. So if the AFC plays at the same level, then the Patriots probably won't make it either. Um... Yeah, so I would say they are also another anywhere from 8 to 10 wins. And then lastly for the AFC East, we got the New York Jets. The New York Jets will not make the playoffs, but I do think the New York Jets will win anywhere from like 4 to 6 games, I would say, this year. Uh, 4 to 6 is uh, the the last 4 games of the year, I mean 5 games of the year, they went 2 and 3. And if they keep that pace up, you know, that's not a terrible season. They'd win six, six, seven games. So I would say they win anywhere from four to six this year, next year. Uh, now looking at the AFC North, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens two years ago, MVP, really good season, lost in the playoffs. This year, not as good of a season, not an MVP, lost in the playoffs. But they did beat the Titans. And they made it. They did a good job this like in the playoffs. Their defense played good uh, in all like both games they played. I think they only played two. They uh, lost to the Bills, and it was a boring game. It was low scoring though. Their defense I think is going to have to continue to carry them next season. And I would give a uh, eight to. Uh, no, 9 to 12 wins. Cincinnati Bengals, they will be better next year. They will not make the playoffs, I don't think. I think they'll win anywhere from 6 to 8. The Bengals will have, will have Joe Burrow all season, which will make a difference because Joe Burrow does have potential to be, you know, top five, maybe even top three quarterback in the next couple of years. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. But, like I said, if they weren't in the AFC, they might have a better chance. Actually, they would have a better chance. But I just don't see it happening this year uh, for them in the AFC. Now looking at Cleveland Browns. The Browns, they played really good this year. They made the playoffs, and they lost to the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, they lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. They beat the Steelers. But I don't see them... I see them maybe getting a wild card, maybe. I don't know. Like, again, it's going to be hard because this season for them was, uh, like, rare, clearly. And I don't know if they'll be able to repeat it. They'll have OBJ back, but they were kind of better without him. So that'll be interesting to see if, like, he was part of the problem of the team. 
so I would say anywhere from I feel like I'm saying this about a lot of teams. I would say anywhere from eight to ten wins again. Like there were a lot of teams last year that get eight to ten wins, so I think they'll get eight to ten. Pittsburgh Steelers they had they had an eleven and zero start. They ended up you know finishing the regular season. Uh, 12 and 4, I think, and then they finished 12 and 5 in the season. They weren't that good. They were the most overhyped team. They were the biggest fraud of the season. And I see them, you know, they they're, they're going to have a positive record no matter what. They always do. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. They might squeak into the playoffs. They might not. So I'm going to say anywhere from eight to nine wins. I don't think they're going to have another 12-win season this year. Uh, Now moving to the AFC South, you got the Houston Texans. They will not make the playoffs. They will not have a good season. I'm going to say four to three to five wins. Five or six. Three to six. I'll say that. Three to six wins. Indianapolis Colts, depending on their quarterback situation, again, they might do good, they might do worse. It depends on if they, you know, just don't draft, like, if they don't get a quarterback and they play Jacoby Brissett, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Jacoby Brissett will be the starter as of now. And he's not terrible, he's not a playoff quarterback. So I would say if they keep Brissett, Five to eight wins. If they get a better quarterback, anyone, I would say seven to nine. Mate, probably not playoffs. Jacksonville, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, uh, unless Urban Meyer does some weird something and gets Justin Fields, which would be kind of stupid. But Trevor Lawrence, more than likely, ninety-nine percent, and they're going to win four to six. They're not going to playoffs. They're not making a deep run. Uh, it's his first year. You got to, you know, give some time. Then you got, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Then you got Tennessee Titans, and they, uh, they're good, but they've came across this problem twice. They go to the playoffs, and then Derrick Henry gets shut down, or they have to actually throw the ball a lot, and it doesn't work. Ryan Tannehill in the season showed glimpses where he could get, uh, you know, he could throw the ball and throw for 250 to 300 yards a game with three touchdowns. And then when you get in the playoffs, he just didn't do it. Uh, They played the Ravens. Derrick Henry only had 40 yards. And he just, you know, they got shut down by the Ravens. And the Ravens, clearly, they weren't, like, a top. They weren't the best team in the AFC. So if the Tennessee wants to ever make a run, they're going to have to put more weapons on the offense because their defense is good and their running game is the probably the best, if not the third top three running game in the NFL. So they need more offensive weapons while holding on to everyone they already have. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, who they draft this year. But I would say they're going to be another 8-10 to 10 win team. So now looking at the AFC West, you got the Denver Broncos. They're you know not that good of a team at all, really. So I would get I would, like I don't even know like what to really say about them. They got uh, Judy. He's I think they have Judy. Uh, he he's pretty good. Yeah, Jerry Judy. He's pretty good. Uh, but I still they went five and eleven this year. I would say yeah, four to six wins is about where they'll linger. Kansas City Chiefs. Going back to the at least AFC champion, I mean at least uh, the divisional round, they're going to win 12 to 15 games this next season, guarantee it. And then Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to do probably around like eight and eight is you know the like perfect. You're not terrible, but you're not good. 
and I think that's right where the Raiders belong. They're not like one of the five worst teams in the league, but they're not one of the ten best either. Like eight and eight, it's pretty good. I would say again, seven to ten is the Raiders' length. And then you got the Chargers. The Chargers, depending on you know what the new coach does for them and how they do in the off season, it really relies on like how they're going to play next season. Next season for them, they're going to be better than they were this year. They will guarantee it. They are. I would say they make. I'm banking on them to make the wild card next year. I really think they were. They were seven and nine this year. So they were, you know, the third team in the AFC West by one game. And they had a rookie quarterback that put up insane numbers. You know, Justin Herbert is going to be an amazing quarterback this year. I mean, in the next next year especially, he's going to be amazing for the Chargers. And I think the way they utilize him next year is going to – show if they make the playoffs or not. If they use them better than they did this year with better play calling, better time management, I could see them winning, you know, 10, 11 games and making the uh, wild card and uh, doing some damage. So those are my AFC predictions. Moving on to the NFC, we got the best uh, division in the NFL, NFC East, Dallas Cowboys. Going to the playoffs next year, putting money on it. They did not play well this year at all. Our defense is terrible. Awful. Awful defense. And then uh, there's no reason for that to happen. You know, like, if you look at these names, they're all, you know, pretty big names. Like Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Randy Gregory, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, Alden Smith, Xavier Woods, Anthony Brown. Like we have a lot of uh, Trayvon Diggs. We have a lot of uh, good defensive players. Tyrone Crawford, Sean Lee. Like it, it blows my mind that we are bad. It really does. It like it baffles me that our defense is so bad. But we got a new defensive coordinator. That's good. We kept the best offensive coordinator in the in the NFL, Kellen Moore, and we kept McCarthy, which is uh, interesting. I'm okay with it right now this season. You know, you can't fire a coach after one year. He didn't do good, but he also lost the quarterback that was the biggest part in him coming to the Cowboys. So, I'll give him two years with Dak before I'm like, get him out. But with Dak Prescott, if Zeke decides to actually play this year and run the ball like a man, he, uh, he'll he put up a 1,000 yards again. And I would say they win 8 to 11 games. I'm not going to, like, they're not going to be the number one seed. I do think they win the division. They're going to go 8 either anywhere from 9 and, you know, 9 and 7, 11 and 5, around there, hopefully. Next, New York Giants, 0 and 16. No, I'm kidding. The New York Giants, they are okay. They're not a great team. They're not a bad team. I actually thought this season was good for them, and I think they're going to go 6 and 10, like, anywhere from, like, Four to seven wins again this season. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they get a wild card. And then now the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts might play, might start next year. I think, well, I think he will. I don't think he should. But he is okay. He's just not a winning NFL quarterback. He puts on a show. Him and Kyler Murray are around the same. Like They put on a good show. They make flashy plays. But then when it comes down to it, they don't win a game. And um, their wide receiving core is okay. Their defense is not good. 
and I just don't see any bright spots other than potentially Jalen Smith. I mean Jalen Hurts. I don't see any bright spots on the roster. So depending on what they do in the offseason, I think they'll be the worst team in the NFC East again, and they'll win four to six games. And then you got the Washington uh, football team. ESPN's not updated the name yet for some reason. But the Washington football team, and they have amazing defense. They will again next year. They're going to have a top five, top three defense next year. Their offense is going to be low three, low five probably again. Like they didn't make, they haven't made any changes yet. They're looking at drafting more, you know, okay players. Like I did see one where they were going to draft Kyle Pitts, which I do think would be huge. I think Kyle Pitts would be, like, the best player they could draft, if not, like, unless, like, Chase is still open whenever they're drafting. Jamar Chase will be amazing wherever he goes. But I think they are uh, the second-best team in the NFC East, maybe even the first. Like, if they go to the playoffs again instead of the Cowboys, I'll be very upset, but I'll be happier than if the Giants or Eagles go. So I would say they win – I'm going to give them 7 to 10. You know, 7 to 10. Now for the NFC North, Chicago Bears, duh, Bears. They will probably not make the playoffs just because their division and how they are. They made the playoffs this year. That was because the NFC East was so bad. But Chicago, they didn't play terrible. 8-8, eight and eight, not a good season, not a bad season. Right down, it's like the... Uh, what's Earth in the like the golden the dicks ah uh, whatever but it's like where they're right in the middle like you know it, they're not bad they're not good so nobody gets fired and they're just there uh, I think they're another you know eight and eight you know eight and eight nine and seven team next year so eight to nine win eight to ten wins next year and. I think they need to get rid of either Mitch or Matt Nagy uh, next season because they kept both of them this year. I think they need to get rid of one of them next year if they don't make the playoffs or get rid of them both. That would work too. Next, we got the Detroit Lions. They are you know, without Matthew Stafford, and they have Jared Goff now, which, I mean... I think Matthew Stafford's better, in my opinion. I don't think Jared Goff is actually like a good quarterback. I think that uh, McVay is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, if not the best offensive mind in the NFL. And he's a genius, but he just had a terrible quarterback. Now he has an old quarterback, but a very good one. On the Detroit Lions, without Matt, uh, without Megatron for the past couple of years, Matthew Stafford has still put up Hall of Fame numbers just without making the playoffs. So I think with the Rams, with the players he has, like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, he's going to do really well. I think it's great for him. And But the Lions, I think they downgraded now. The picks in the future are going to play off, and I meant pay off, and they're going to do good in the draft, maybe, if they actually decide to draft good people. Their new coach better hire than what they have, and maybe he'll be able to actually you know, win some games. But I'm going to say this in his first year with Jared Goff, four to six wins. And now the Green Bay Packers, they're making the playoffs, no doubt about it, unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or something. They will make the playoffs. They'll run into the same problem. Like they just Aaron Rodgers just isn't that good in clutch situations. He he does make a lot of clutch plays, but like when it comes down to like regular season clutch and playoff clutch, you have to admit like it's a big difference. Like, he is one of the best regular season clutch guys. I've seen him throw six Hail Marys and in like with like one second left, 85,000 yards away, and he gets uh, scores a touchdown. Like, 
I don't. I think it was the Arizona Cardinals when he was at midfield and he like runs back to the forty and he just chucks it up. And uh, Robert Ton, uh, I don't. They're tied in. They're like backup tied in that year. Uh, caught the ball and they won the game, and that was crazy. But then like they they should go to the Super Bowl almost every year. Like they are, they were better than. Like they've been better than the Panthers when they went. They even though they were like undefeated, the Panthers weren't like insane. They were just electric. They are better than the Rams, better than the 49ers. The only team that's went, they were better than the Buccaneers this year. I really think they were. So like in the past couple of years, they are better than the Falcons. I would say the Seattle Seahawks, and maybe the. The Seattle Seahawks, and I'll take that back. The undefeated Panthers were the only teams that Green Bay should like were, shouldn't have went to the Super Bowl for. So Aaron Rodgers just can't win big games, and he also, like I've said every podcast, he hates his family, and I think that's why he d- can't win big games. I think the Packers are cursed. Uh, they got that one. They went to that. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers will ever go back just because. You know, he's cursed from because of hating his family. Now the Minnesota Vikings, they're just a bleh team. Like, they're not fun to watch. They're not that good. They're not terrible. They're 7-9, so they're right below the, you know, eh. They're just bleh. And I think that's going to stay the same. They have a great running game, not that good passing game. They have well. They have one of the best receivers in the league, Justin Jefferson. They also have Adam Thielen, but then they have Kirk Cousins, and then the running game is Dalvin Cook. But he also like is he going to put up the same numbers again? Who knows? I say this is another uh, six to eight win season for them. I th- maybe they might do a little better. I don't think they'll do that like worse though. And I forgot to give my prediction for the Packers. I think they win 12 to 14 games next season. Uh, NFC South, we have the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> They're not good. Uh, Matt Ryan needs to just leave or retire. Needs to cut his losses. And uh, their running game, not that good. Their passing game, not that good. Their defense, not good. I think unless something changes deep within them before next season, they win three to five games. Carolina Panthers, maybe, but maybe pretty good. They uh, went 5-11 this year. Teddy Bridgewater did pretty good. Christian McCaffrey was hurt all season. They showed some bright spots. If they like stay exactly the same, I would think five to six wins again this season. If they make some big pickups in the offseason, and if like they maybe get a better quarterback like Deshaun Watson, maybe, I could see them winning seven to nine games. Saints, uh, they will make the playoffs. I think I I plan on them making the playoffs no matter who their quarterback is. Um, if Jameis is their quarterback, they are definitely making the playoffs. And if Drew Brees is their quarterback, probably not. So I don't know. Uh, I would say they win ten to twelve games. Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the playoffs, probably a wild card again. They probably won't go like undefeated next season like a lot of people think. They will I'm assuming they'll probably go ten wins. Eight to ten wins probably. Uh and then in the NFC West, you have the Arizona Cardinals and they'll probably Kyler Murray's not that like good. He he's like Jalen Hurts. He's just flashy. He's nothing special. Um, 
So I would say unless they like get a big pickup, they have DeAndre Hopkins, but he's just not enough for them. They need a better running game. So I would say probably six to eight wins. And then you have the Los Angeles Rams. They have Matthew Stafford. I'm calling that they make the playoffs again, and I think they win the division next year. And I'm going to say they win 12 to 11 to 13 wins. And then the 49ers, they are good. They were a lot. They're a lot better than the record shows. Half their team was hurt. Uh, they have one, two, three. Four. They have four people on IR uh, on the offense, and they had four people on IR on the defense, uh, and they were starters like Nick Bosa, Chris Thompson, Jalen Hurd, and Jimmy Garoppolo are the four biggest names, and that was you know very disheartening for them. Like it's hard to win like that. And then you got the Seattle Seahawks, and they're always going to make the playoffs. I think it comes down to if the Rams go win the division or the Seahawks and the other one will make the wild card. I think Seattle will make the wild card and I think they'll win 9 to 10 games. The Rams, even this year the Rams were kind of like the Seattle kryptonite. Like, you know, like they just beat the uh, the Seahawks for no reason. Uh I, I thought the Rams were going to be a lot worse than they were. I thought the Rams were going to win six to seven games last season. They ended up going ten and six. And I think that's going to be how the Seahawks are next year. I think they win ten games. And the Rams win like 11 or 12. And uh, those are my predictions for next season. Thank you so much for listening to the Pull Up and Here podcast. I'm sorry I've been gone for two and a half weeks I think and it's because I'm uh, back to school and I'm in a fraternity and we've been recruiting the past uh, last week we were recruiting and I was really busy so I couldn't really you know I didn't have time to record a podcast but I'm going to start trying to do it at least once a week again get back on schedule football season's over so I'm going to have to find some new topics to talk about so if you do find any, if you do want me to talk about anything, just uh, hit me up on Instagram or Snapchat. Peace.